So Nicholas Bonnois of Capital Inc, I would like to welcome you to uh, this panel that uh, is another panel that is dealing with capital raising. We just had a very successful and uh, interesting panel on the London Stock Exchange as being uh, uh, a source of capital for global shipping. And now we're going to be discussing about uh, uh, the new landscape of uh, capital uh, providers for, uh, for uh, shipping. So I would like to thank everybody for joining us. Uh, I would like to turn it over to Robert Wilkins from Reed Smith. I'd like to thank each and every one of you for your support, your participation uh, year after year. And I really uh, thank you. And I will turn it over to Robert so he can introduce uh, you. Uh, I, will not, I don't want to steal the thunder from his, uh, from his hand. So thank you to everybody. Thank you, Nicholas. Uh, and thank you everyone for joining. Uh, my name is Rob Wilkins. I'm a partner at uh, Reed Smith and I chair the transportation industry group at Reed Smith. Uh, shipping has been a, a, is a hugely capital intensive industry, as we know, in the last 10 years or so has been uh, a period of unprecedented change for how capital um, has come into the industry. And my firm has been at the forefront of this change across our platforms in, uh, in Europe, US and Asia. Uh, capital structures have become much more varied, uh, multi-layered, uh, and financing is much more structured and complex. Uh, so we have a fantastic panel here today uh, with a good cross-section of different parts of the, uh, of the, uh, uh, the capital structure. And hopefully we'll have a lively debate on the current financing structure and uh, uh, landscape and future trends. So first I'd like to give each of our panelists the opportunity to introduce uh, themselves and say a few words about their company and their financial products that they offer. Uh, you, should we start with you, if that's okay? Yeah, sure. Um, hi, everyone. Joop Gorgels, Global Head of Transportation and Logistics in AB Nemro. A large part of what we do is uh, shipping finance, obviously. Um, about 200 customers um, in Europe in short sea, deep sea, and um, um, inland barging. Um, we provide a lot of solutions for the whole capital um, um, offering, uh, but in particular, senior debt financing structures, but also M&A, DCM, um, and, and the likes, other banking products. So, um, so yeah, let me, let me stop there. Thanks. Uh, Elias, do you want to... Okay, next. Sure. Thank you, Rob. Uh, Ilias Akelis from Australis Maritime. We are an investment and asset management business uh, focusing on providing direct lending to the uh, shipping and offshore industry. We do this via uh, traditional mortgage loans or through finance leases. Um, and we really lend to um, all segments of merchant shipping and uh, offshore support. Um, we are based here in London, but we have on the, la on the ground also pre pre presence in uh, Norway, in Germany, uh, in Greece, and in the um, uh, UAE. Thank you. Vasilis, uh, over to you. Thank you. Vasilis uh, Maroulis. Uh, I, I head our business for Europe, Middle East and Africa for shipping, logistics and offshore, part of City, a global institution uh, out of the US. And we provide uh, 
services and solutions uh, for across the spectrum. So whether it is corporate finance, whether it is investment banking, whether it is day-to-day -day support in terms of um, transaction services, and then uh, just the full banking uh, spectrum uh, with regards to, to our clientele. Uh, yeah. Hi, Guillaume Bayol. Uh, I'm a managing director and a co-portfolio manager on Fleetscape. Uh, Fleetscape is a alternative credit uh, provider. Uh, we provide uh, direct lending to uh, the maritime space. Um, we cover the whole spectrum uh, from short sea, deep sea, uh, but also other uh, segments uh, such as uh, offshore, uh, wind, uh, leisure. So, uh, and um, we do that in the form of loans uh, and also leases. Um, we provide uh, a pretty wide palette um, and we focus on the uh, SME, which uh, uh, we feel are currently underserved. Perfect. And uh, last but not least, Peter. Thank you, Robert. Um, hi, everyone. My name is uh, Peter Wesselos, and uh, I'm a member of Fernley's Investment Banking Division. Uh, we're a full-service boutique investment bank uh, with a core focus on the maritime industry, head office in Oslo and uh, presence in New York. Uh, out of all the capital we have raised so far, two-thirds relates to shipping, so it remains a, a core industry for us. I'm part of the team called Debt Advisory. Uh, we take a holistic approach to debt products in our advisory service, services, which includes everything not considered common equity, including uh, secured and unsecured bonds, lease financings, with a particular focus in Asia, as well as all types of direct lending and hybrid instruments. Perfect. Thank you, sir. I think you know, the listeners will agree we have a good cross-spread of, uh, of, of involvement in the, in the capital raising within the industry. So hopefully uh, none of my questions can go unanswered. Um, we're gonna start with, uh, on the alternative credit side, uh, the last um, 18 months has been, uh, has actually been a, a pretty reasonable time for most of the uh, segments of the shipping industry with the possible executives of um, crews and tankers. Uh, the dry bulk market at an all time high in August. Um, so my first question to the alternative credit providers um, is, is whether an improving market has negatively impacted on the role of alternative capital providers. Obviously, you came into the industry as a result of dislocation. You know, do you see uh, the improved market uh, resulting in uh, more or less opportunities? And how has this generally affected um, the provision of alternative credit? Uh, Elias, do you want to kick that off? Sure, thank you. Um... There is no doubt that um, uh, obviously our appetite to invest in certain uh, segments uh, will be affected by where they are in the cycle. However, if you take a step back and you look at the overall pe penetration of alternative financing or uh, direct le le lending into shipping, it's still very, very small, especially if you compare it to other uh, real asset classes like real estate, infrastructure, other things. And therefore, overall, what one would expect is that the exposure of direct uh, lenders in shipping is likely to increase over the next year. 
Now, what will happen, of course, it will rotate and it will look for a relative value in segments we, which are not as fully priced as uh, some, some other segments like container ships and maybe dry bulk. Um, but, but overall, we would expect this to be a um, uh, uh, growing exposure for the direct lenders. Yeah, I, I concur with, with Ilias. I think uh, what is important is there is a fundamental trend behind it as well, which is the fact that the European banks have been uh, exiting the market, uh, well, not exiting the market, but reducing their exposure uh, based on Petrofin data. It's 150 billion that, that has been reduced since in the last 11 years. Um, and I think that means that there's a, there's a place for alternative credit and um, a rising market, as Ilya say, we need to be, it's a cyclical industry, so we need to choose the segments carefully. Uh, but the rising market also means that there's opportunities. It depends on the counterparties. Um, and um, as far as Fleetscape is concerned, this year has been uh, the year where we've deployed the most amount of capital. Uh, we've managed to develop an all-weather strategy um, and if you stick to uh, the fundamentals to be able to uh, have the right attachment points and focus on uh, the right counterparties and which have the right empl employment for the vessels, you are able to land even in segments that are seeing a rising market. The other thing is you, the, the maritime offers a number of segments that are decoupled. Uh, so when uh, dry and containers are, are seeing a very good uh, cycle, um, you have other segments like tankers or crews who uh, are seeing a low point and which offer some uh, entry points that are interesting. Okay, and yeah, we, we've moved from um, uh, an industry where the vast amount of capital came through through bank debt finance and, and, and as you, you both mentioned, the exit of a number of traditional uh, finance banks uh, over recent years. Yeah, with the increasing market, do you expect to see your institution uh, you know, um, increasing the money out the door in 2022? Will we see other banks flooding back into the market as a result of the return to the boom times? <laughs> I hope not, but um, in, in terms of going to the boom times, I, I don't think that will be a healthy situation. No, but um, yes, I think there is... Um, uh, a lot of capital that go, has gone out of the traditional senior debt finance uh, for the last decade or so. Huh? And most of that money was replaced by equity, uh, by leases from, from China, for instance, and, uh, and other places. Um, but also by delevering the whole industry. So, um, and there has been much, much less ordering um, in the last 10 years. And the ECAs came up to support uh, to, to support the uh, financing structures. So uh, the banking landscape has changed a lot the last ten years, but there are still quite a number of them that that have have remained steady in the business. And City and ABNMRO are amongst them. Um, we do have an appetite for more uh, shipping finance. On our balance sheet, but you also see more uh, distribution towards other channels. Um, I think because of increasing regulation, um, 
and still a cyclicality in the market. We, we will all be very cautious with the, uh, within commercial banks. Um, but there is, a, there is an open invitation to, to do more into, into, in, into especially more greener projects. Do you see your competitors um, you know, piling back in the market? In terms of, you've seen some quite high-profile high lending from, from Greek banks uh, returning from um, in, in the current market. Do you see that trend? Yeah, yeah there, there are always some banks coming in and out. Um, there are there's definitely some some increasing appetite at the moment. In general, banks are. Uh, looking for assets, looking for top line, um, but it's different from uh, other booms that we have seen. Uh, banks are more cautious and uh, regulations have increased and also the, the need for greener or assets on the balance sheet. So, um, um, yeah, you know, I would say there is a healthy um, supply of these kind of senior debt structures from the traditional banks. Yeah, I think if I, you know, from, from our end, I'll, I'll echo what, what you were saying. I think increase, there are uh, some pockets of liquidity that, uh, that are reappearing, let's, let's put it in that way, where, you know, uh, in effect, banks that have been uh, never exited, but uh, you know, we're out of the market for quite some time. Are redeploying capital as their balance sheets have been fixed, and and therefore there is some pockets of liquidity uh, that have reappeared. I think uh, overall, all the traditional banks, um, to the extent that they have survived and 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 now thriving in this industry. You know, they, there is a steady supply, if you wish. But at the same point in time, I don't see a an unbelievable increase of, of capital uh, being deployed. I think it's always going to be the right client, the right project. And I think uh, if I can speak on behalf of, of City, you know, the, the way, and I think increasingly many institutions, the way that one analyzes is less asset financing, more uh, corporate, if you wish, analysis. And therefore, on, on that basis, you can deploy capital uh, through the cycles, irrespective of asset classes, and, and therefore, you know, continue to deploy capital and for sure replenish uh, the portfolio. And because of... Um... Because of the, let's say, more traditional banks uh, looking for, I think, more de-risked uh, situations with larger companies, larger platforms, that's also why there is a nice opportunity for alternative um, uh, capital providers. They jump into that uh, void, which is there increasingly so, and that's good for the industry. And Peter, from your from your lofty position, um, sitting above the market, arranging uh, financings, um, you must see a broad spectrum of uh, different buckets of capital available to ship owners to fund acquisitions. Have you uh, have you noticed any significant new sources of capital entering the market um, 
unfortunately, I didn't get to hear the uh, the, the London public, uh, the London uh, stock exchange presentation earlier. But uh, you know, query of the public markets uh, reopening for shipowners. I would say the the public markets are indeed open, um, and while the bond market is not a novel source of capital to the shipping industry in general. I would argue that the current strength of the bond market opens the door to, uh, to public funding for a larger spectrum of, of ship owners. So owners who would historically not have access will to a larger extent be eligible for bond financing. Uh, usual suspects in the high yield market will be able to obtain more attractive financing and, uh, and a larger demographic will be eligible for, for unsecured financing. Uh, moreover, uh, the introduction of sustainability features unlocks access of, uh, of uh, pockets of capital that would otherwise be unavailable for ship owners, uh, which we believe will have a significant impact in making the bond market uh, an attractive venue for financing also going forward. Um, among our client, uh, private client universe, I think the most noticeable addition uh, is, is capital providers focusing exclusively on, on companies and, and projects with the contribution to the green transition in the maritime industry, both on the equity and the debt side. Um, I would say particularly on the debt side, there's still a, a limited number of projects available for these players. Uh, but seeing where the industry is headed, I think we should expect uh, to see further emergence and significance of, of those. That said, uh, competition here is, is quite fierce and in many cases uh, competing with infrastructure capital and green bonds. So the margins are in a squeeze for, for players trying to penetrate this market. Thanks. And um, I, I think it was mentioned um, by, by one of the panelists that the increasing regulatory burdens on banks Know, make make it an increasingly hostile environment for for, for um, um, banking institutions. Basilios, um, do you have any any thoughts on on that topic? I think look, it it is indeed the fact uh, that uh, regulatory uh, scrutiny continues to increase. I wouldn't say that this is a something that it's the shipping banks or the shipping portfolios that are being targeted in any way. I think it's just uh, across the board. The fact of the matter is that, you know, that the increasing regulatory uh, scrutiny means that more resources need to be deployed in order for, you know, whether it is a loan that needs to be monitored, whether it is a client that is continuously reviewed, Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. And therefore, I think that undoubtedly is driving uh, many banks focusing on core uh, clients. Uh, you know, not really focusing on what in the past potentially could have been a client, but ultimately not with the scale that one want, would would have wanted. And maybe ten years ago, you would have kept kept on going at it. I think at this specific point in time. As far as you know, at least our strategy, and I am seeing it uh, across the board. We are focusing on core clients. We are focusing on clients that meet returns, uh, and and uh, increasingly redeploying any uh, any capital that was uh, allocated to to clients which which you know were either smaller or you know didn't have uh, the 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 what we call cross selling. Uh, that um, that was available in order for returns to be met. 
And therefore, you know, when that is not happening with all the additional um, scrutiny, reviews, continuous reviews, whether it is from the regulators, whether it is, you know, targets that either, you know, a bank uh, has set with regards to CO2 emissions, with regards to its loan portfolio, et cetera, et cetera. All of that uh, drives a shift where you're, you're, you're focusing there. So I would say that, does it make it less attractive? No, I don't think that that's, it creates an impact there. What it does is that you're probably going to be focusing primarily on clients that are um, providing the corresponding institution with the returns that it requires in order to meet the additional requirements uh, that are there. So, so picking up on a point that uh, uh, that Yelp made earlier, uh, AS, do you do you see traditional ship finance banks as a uh, as a friend or foe in, in the industry? Do you compete with each other, or is it you know, is it the case you kind of work alongside each other uh, in different yeah. capital? It's uh, definitely a friend. Uh, it's not even working um, uh, separately to each other. We're working together. And uh, there are uh, various areas that this uh, is coming through. First of all, if you, if you think about it, and somebody mentioned it earlier on this panel, obviously there has been significant deleveraging de of the European banks. Um, where they want exactly as um, uh, Vasilis mentioned to focus on what they call the core clients. That leaves a very large part of the market being non-core uh, by implication. And therefore we have been working a lot with these banks to effectively find solutions and take uh, some of these non-core exposures off their balance sheets, effectively refinancing balloons or buying loans of the balance sheets or whatever it is. So this is very much a mutually be be beneficial, if you like, uh, relationship. The, the second area is that obviously we are not trying to build a bank. We are not trying to build um, the entire uh, back office infrastructure of a bank. But in order to do our business, we still need bank accounts for the SPCs that we set up. We still need, uh, you know, account services and all these things. And so that, that's an additional opportunity to work uh, with all these uh, traditional shipping banks who know this this business extremely well and they're very good at this at this uh, at this service and last but not least obviously the other opportunity it provides is for the banks to continue to lend and get exposure to this industry in a different way by lending to us by allowing us to lower our cost of capital and therefore to provide a better uh, uh, solution to the to the end market and the reason why that is possible is obviously that that lending to against um, uh, portfolios of loans or leases effectively uh, is subject to different uh, regulatory rules and uh, oversight. And therefore that uh, creates another business opportunity for the banks and for ourselves to work together. So for all of these reasons, we definitely, definitely consider the banking sector to be our friend. Um, and we've seen, we don't have any, any uh, Chinese leasing specialist on, on this call, but we've seen a huge amount of leasing business, um, uh, relatively low margins and, and high LTVs. Um, Guillaume, how do, in terms of credit providers, compete um, in, in that environment? Well, I think, <clears throat> I think first of all, I think the, the market uh, 
has the opportunity for alternative financing is is large because of the size of of the market that was left uh, by traditional European banks, um, which means that there is a place for everyone. Um, when it comes to Chinese leasing, what you realize is that they tend to focus on a market <clears throat> primarily on the new builds, uh, but also specific clients, which sometimes compete with the banks. Um, and uh, we have a pretty large uh, market that is underserved today, which is the, 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 the mid-sized uh, uh, ship owners. Um, and there, I think the, the, uh, the product that we offer is a good response. As, as Ilias was saying, we're partnering with banks and uh, the product that we offer is a, not, is, is a product that uh, is in combination with some of the banks, which used in some cases be their, their former lenders, but cannot lend to them anymore. But they do it through us because uh, we offer them either through the securitization or the fact that they're lending to our balance sheet um, or through us uh, to these lenders, to these ship owners, they offer that, that create an opportunity. Um, in addition to that, I think we we are continuously evolving. I think um, the, 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 the fact that we've been uh, across the board in the European alternative financing, uh, reducing our costs uh, to the borrower uh, is an important point. Um, uh, today with uh, the securitization, for example, we've done uh, with Macquarie, we managed to reduce our lending uh, significantly. Um, and we also have other attributes. Uh, we have speed of execution, which is something clients usually complain about when they go for Chinese leasing. Um, uh, we are able to do uh, transactions within, in three to six weeks. Um, uh, so, and sometimes with repeat customers, we can go faster than that. Um, we also offer a structuring flexibility. I think something where banks, because of regulation, uh, would have more, more issues. Uh, depending on the segments, we can deform amortization profiles. Uh, depending on the employment, we can uh, allow to go higher in the LTV through that uh, deformation of the amortization if, if the client has a good coverage. Um, and we try to respond to the client's needs uh, depending on the situation. So speed of execution, uh, flexibility, uh, developing uh, new products uh, is quite important. For example, we just did a new build financing where we're offering pre-delivery financing, which is something that uh, some of the banks are uh, uh, walking away from. Um, and uh, we're also trying to incorporate new ESG um, metrics in our pricing to give incentives to the ship owners. So the combination of all of those factors um, means that uh, we're able to compete um, and uh, it's an evolving state. Well, I'm definitely not going to argue with you on speed of execution. Um, so, Peter, um, you know, ship finance has traditionally been focused on a few key jurisdictions. Um, you know, one of the topics of this, um, uh, this uh, discussion is around the shifting of hubs. Um, have, you seen, um, have you seen this in recent years and do you expect this to continue? Yeah, so splitting that question in, in two, I guess we can talk about the public markets first, where uh, the UK, US and Scandinavia prevail. And we have not really witnessed any significant changes over the last years. 
I would say, if anything, given the tightness of the U.S. high yield market, we're now seeing more American investors actually participating in Norwegian high yield. Um, we typically see Asian participation in bond issues, uh, bond issues of between 10 to, to 15 percent from Hong Kong and Singapore. Uh, but this is not materially changed recently, and we don't really see any signs of this changing in the near term. Uh, for the private markets as well, I would say there, there is limited material change in terms of where financing is coming from, seeing as how now Chinese leasing is uh, a staple in ship finance. Uh, we're seeing Greek banks more active, um, and through our presence in the Japanese markets, we're seeing an increasing number of financiers traditionally focusing only on domestic markets and clients now look outside their borders. Uh, but still, in the near to medium term, I would not expect significant changes to uh, the incumbents in, in ship finance. Anyone else have any comments on that? Okay. Um, so let's switch to decarbonisation of our industry in the context of the current um, climate crisis. Shipping accounts for around 2% of global emissions, and uh, yeah, as we've been uh, reading the paper every day, uh, the pressure on the industry continues. Um, the IMO, the EU, are certainly turning the thumb screws with more regulation. Um, what role do financiers have in the industry to, to drive change? Um, maybe to you. Yeah, I think we, um, we have a great uh, responsibility there to, um, to make sure that the CAPEX uh, comes up for, for new investments, either on ships that are on the water already for retrofitting and make a necessary investment there um, on larger fleets or um, in terms of new buildings. And then, yeah, in terms of new buildings, the talk of the town is obviously uh, what, to, what to sail on, what kind of fuel, what kind of engines should we have? How should the design of ships look like uh, for the future? It's um, it's a, it's a big debate. It's not easy, um, but I think uh, it's a very necessary thing uh, that also the, the shipping industry um, and and its financiers are um, are are having. Beside um, on principles is obviously one uh, initiative amongst a lot of uh, uh, shipping financiers, um, which measures the greenhouse gas effect of the portfolio. Obviously, after a couple of years, that will have its effect on, on those portfolios and it will steer towards greener um, uh, projects. Um, <clears throat> I think that that will be a trend. That's a trend that we will have to show also to our stakeholders, our shareholders. Um, but, um, but, but yeah, uh, we can, of course, also structure as we do uh, um, sustainability-linked uh, loans or bonds, which basically covenant certain uh, 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 measures that companies are taking, and that is a that is a latest trend. Um, it's just a variation of of uh, of of similar debt finance, but it it caters for a sort of. Um, uh, uh, um, conditions that uh, that loans and companies need to uh, need to fulfil to in order to get a favourable finance structures. 
I agree with with you, but I think ultimately one needs to look at it. And I think so far the um, the targets that the banks have set for whether it's their portfolios or whatever that is, is for the time being consistent with uh, the IMO targets. And therefore, you know, all in all, what you you know what you're ultimately seeing is the efforts of the financiers ultimately should be. In, in full alignment, if you wish, with that of the ship owner. Uh, I think, uh, as you've said, there are multiple ways of, of looking at this. And But as far as we're concerned, you know, uh, there is a, 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 a role that the financiers uh, are playing, increasingly are playing. And, uh, you know, you know the, we should be there to assist this transition. Uh, and as I said, you know the the targets that we set for ourselves are very consistent with the targets that the ship owners uh, need to 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 address um, as 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 we transition uh, and as this industry transitions into wherever wherever the future lies. I think uh, innovative structures are going to be there and increasingly are coming into play. And I think uh, the, the the solutions that the owners uh, need, uh, ultimately, if they do work and they want to go for it, they will be able to find financing. Uh, and uh, Elias, I'd be interested in your, your take on that from a from a um, alternative credit point of view. You know, do you see green lending as more gimmicky? Uh, you're obviously not bound by quite the same lending regulations. Um, so what, what extent does um, green credentials feed into your analysis of potential financing transactions? Sure. Uh, look, I, I, first of all, uh, everybody uh, will agree with the, with the statement that was made earlier that uh, irrespective of um, what is your uh, uh, position in uh, shipping, obviously, this is a trend that is not going to go away. And therefore, you need to find a way to support and participate in this in this trend. Um, the the nuisance here is um, obviously the fact that uh, there is a bit of um, form over substance uh, uh, sometimes, and all, you know all one needs to do is just look the differences between green financing and sustainability linked financing, and uh, you can immediately see you know. Uh, the difference in uh, criteria. Uh, some of these uh, sustainability-linked loans or bonds, you know, you, one can argue that the KPIs may or may not be green at all, frankly, uh, may or may not be helpful, for, uh, uh, you know, overall. Uh, having said that, um, it creates tremendous amount of opportunity. And uh, we've already, as an example, obviously, we've, we've already uh, financed retrofits, uh, retrofits that have to do, for example, with battery packs for short, short, short sea vessels, obviously uh, ter ter turning them into no, no emission uh, vessels, basically. Um, and we've also financed um, scrubbers, which is another very, very good example of uh, uh, arguable, arguable retrofit of whether is it green, is it actually environmentally friendly or not. But at the end of the day, if there's a business case to, to, to be made, for sure there are structures that can work and we can make them work and we've done it uh, on uh, multiple vessels. Um, so 
we, we as alternative uh, financiers are probably under slightly different types of pressures uh, versus uh, global or universal banks uh, like uh, City and ABN. Uh, having said that, for uh, you know, for all of us, I will repeat what I said. This is this should be viewed as an opportunity, and we just need to figure out what is the economic uh, business case to make of how to participate in it. Yeah, I completely concur with this. I think uh, even if we're not bound by by regulations like the banks, I think we need to be at the forefront uh, of of green lending. Um, and uh, and I think, but what is important as well, when we look at the debate, um, a lot of people are focusing on new builds and what is going to be the new um, uh, fuel that is going to be used. Um, uh, we've been part of that. We financed uh, some, some new builds recently, uh, LNG powered, uh, but this is a continuous debate because uh, even with LNG, you, 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 need, you need to continue to improve to go to a, a, a zero, uh, carbon emission. However, I think there's a big part of the debate that, that is a bit left uh, behind, which is the existing fleet. I mean, it's going to take a number of years to take the fleet out of the market and replace it with lower carbon emissions. And we need to be able to provide solutions and incentives uh, to existing ship owners to meet the IMO targets. Um, we, our analysis says that roughly 60% of the existing vessels are going to be impacted at some point in time uh, by the, the, the new targets. And that means that um, ship owners, small, mid-sized, large, they're all gonna need to have solutions, some of which include um, you know, retrofits, uh, modifications, um, and uh, we need as financiers to be there to be able to provide them with that capital so that they can uh, meet those uh, requirements also in the existing fleet, uh, because ultimately it's a, it's a it's an, an effort that needs to happen across the board, not only uh, with new builds. Okay, and just before I go on to Peter, um, we will have an opportunity for Q and A uh, in, in a few minutes. We're kind of running out of time, but there will be opportunity for Q and A. So if anyone has any questions, please um, post them now, and I'll pop up in my uh, in my box, and I'll go through them in a second. Um, so Peter, you know, looking at it from 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 your um, position um, in the market, do you do you anticipate that those involved in um, the shipping of fossil fuels are going to find it increasingly more difficult to uh, to access capital as a result of um, you know, the regulations and and, and and pressures on them and decarbonisation? Um, I believe at this stage of the transition um, that we will witness a tiering of the market. So in other words, an owner shipping crude on 15-year-old tankers will not fall within the same bucket as an owner shipping crude on brand new eco tonnage running on LNG, which will in turn not fall within the same bucket as shipper, shippers of LNG, which after all to, to many is an important part of the green transition. Um, I think fossil fuels will burn for, for decades to come. Uh, but as long as owners strive to find solutions to limit the environmental impact to the best of their abilities with the technology which is available, I think that capital by and large will remain available at least in the short to medium term. Um, there will of course always be exceptions where funds will be unable to deploy capital to anything related to fossil fuels, which we have seen in the coal industry as well. But um, but overall, I think in the near to medium term, uh, it will be a limited impact. 
Okay, um, so I will open it up. We've got five minutes left. Um, I will open it up for any questions. Um, none have popped up yet. So if you um, if you uh, have any, please please type them in now. Um, I suppose um, I thought an interesting question might be to ask is if you were a young um, if you were a young banker or financier starting out in the industry today, where would you? Uh, where would you position yourself in the in the capital structure, and uh, um, why don't we go to one of our traditional uh, financiers first? The volunteers. <laughs> if if um, I can start first, Robert, being a, a young, a fairly young uh, investment banker. I think uh, obvious, the obvious answer is the bond market, which is now currently uh, extremely hot, and we we anticipate a lot of uh, of action going forward. So that would be my answer. I'm talking my own book, of course. No, I think I think there is a um, there is also a fantastic career to make in the traditional bank still in shipping. Um, there is there is an important uh, job to be done there. Um, we just discussed a uh, a, a huge uh, program of decarbonization that will come in the next 10, 20, 30 years. So there's a huge uh, interesting task uh, on us. And the good thing of traditional banks is that they usually can play in all parts of the capital structure, um, whether it's for their own balance sheet or for others. And uh, I, I think that would be a very appealing and attracting place for a young person to work. I, I agree with that, uh, Robert. I, I think I think the the needs of this industry as it transitions, it transitions to whatever it will transition at. But the fundamental needs of this industry, whether there's you know whenever the new propulsion systems will come up and you know the replacement of of the whole of the global fleet in effect, uh, plus all the logistics chains and multiple other things, are so broad, uh, so wide that you know whether it is debt capital markets, whether it is equity capital markets, whether it is traditional shipping finance or or, or alternative financiers, I think. The capital that is required to do this is is extremely sizable, and therefore the opportunity is there for for a young banker to join each and every one of the institutions that are represented here, and and uh, and excel and uh, actually you know uh, do do service and uh, and and provide solutions. Well, I'm going to have to give uh, Guillaume and uh, Elias the opportunity to say why it should be alternative credit providers. Look, it's a, it's a, it's obviously very, very different types of institutions. And when you look at the at the young person who's finishing university, obviously there's a lot to be said in finding yourself in a very large uh, company that can provide you a tre tremendous amount of support in terms of training and development in the first few years of your of your career. And, uh, and this is something that obviously uh, smaller platforms will, you know, are not able to uh, compete uh, with. And on the other hand, what I can say for sure is that we have been amazed over the last uh, probably three to five years with the quality of um, young people who have been willing to take a risk also from their perspective in terms of their career 
to join platforms like ours. And, um, and uh, uh, you know, it, it, it has more to do with, uh, with personality, I, I think, and cultural background and the amount of risk one is willing to take at uh, some part of their, of their career or not. But it's, it, I'm pretty sure it's, it's something that would not have been possible 10 or 15 years ago. So this is, uh, so this is obviously um, uh, great, great news for us. <clears throat> I agree with that. I think, um, I mean, the, the best advice I can give a young investment banker is, is um, I mean, learn the ropes, uh, take as much diversity in what you learn. I mean, is it, you know, uh, bond market? Is it uh, ECM? Is it uh, direct lending? I think the banks offer an amazing um, uh, platform to, to learn. And then, um, there's a natural progression uh, when you move to asset management, direct lending, where you, you're managing a, a book, uh, like if it's yours, um, and which has a higher degree of, of complexity. I mean, all of, of this network that they create and uh, all of this uh, knowledge is put to work uh, at that moment. Uh, I think it's, it's, as Ilias was saying, it depends on the personality. Some people want to, to jump and get directly to alternative finance. Um, but I think um, uh, the, the, the path of going through the bank can be beneficial for others who want to expand their, their knowledge base. Is that your hand up, Elias? <laughs> Excellent. Well, I think we have... Um... We, we have no questions uh, from, uh, from, the, uh, from the audience. Uh, so you've obviously answered all of the questions on alternative finance and traditional uh, banking. So it just leaves me to thank everyone for joining the panel, uh, which I think was very interesting and informative. And um, to, uh, to hand back to Nicholas. Well, <clears throat> thank you very much uh, from my end. It's been as expected, uh, a very interesting panel. Um, as I was saying, closing the other panel before, whenever it comes to uh, capital raising, capital raising and access to capital is one of the key uh, challenges always for shipping being such a capital intensive industry. So thank you very much for uh, your insight and uh, great to have you with us. Uh, thank you again, uh, all of you. Thank you, Nicholas, for the invitation. Thank you. Of course. For the invitation. Thank you. Thank you.